0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, my co-host, and as the NHL season looms, we're coming closer. I won't, Maybe it's not looming. It's not really looming. It's like we can, we're starting to see the shades of it, little, little shadows of, of regular season,
1: but almost to, tra- almost to, uh, to training camp. I feel like this is a nice story that's about to begin, and you yes, yes. need to sit down by a campfire and listen. Yes.
0: that's. A, I can't wait for a campfire tonight. Uh, you know, 27 days until training camp, something like that? Yeah. So it, we're, we're getting there, but uh, as we continue to fill the gap left by Mitch Marner not signing, therefore, the other 713 <laughs> players that have yet to sign... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just sit and wait. Uh, there's not a whole lot happening other than, you know, uh, Kuznetsov does cocaine, big shocker. And uh, did you hear about that?
1: Yeah. I, okay. It's funny. Somebody actually tried to put out like, like, help me create an all Coke list, right? <laughs> an all Coke team. Oh, I, but they spelled it C-O-K-E. And, you know, like I thought at first when I read it, I'm like, Coca-Cola, what? <laughs> <laughs> started reading down a little further. I'm like, oh, and then they're like, David Perron on the team. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. It'd
0: i to be now. a pretty good team. Sure yeah, I, probably. I, uh, I'm sure we could all. I'm sure we could. Mike Richards out.
1: in there too. And. We can
0: all figure out which guy beats up taxi cab drivers and ends <laughs> up on the cocaine list. <laughs> That's an easy one. Uh, well, as we continue our uh, our off season, we if you know if you if you haven't been around, if it's your first time listening, welcome. We've been doing a series on the top ten best players for each team throughout the National Hockey League. We have done. Multiple teams now. I like think six teams: the, the Wings, Preds, Rangers, Ducks, Blues, and the Capitals. And uh, so you can go back; you can listen to those or the last couple episodes. Uh, this time we are going to do a one of the original six, a team that's been around since I think nineteen twenty five or twenty four. Uh, they're the they are the out of the teams in the NHL now. They are the most recent American team. Like they were the first American team in the essentially in the NHL. But yeah, they Yeah. They they are the the longest tenured American team in the NHL. Because I think there was some you know there were some teams before that in the The New York Americans. Yeah, and yeah. But well the Cougars. And even like the Seattle Metropolitans. Right. You know, but they obviously are no longer around. So uh, a very old team. There are a lot of players who have played a lot of games for this franchise. Uh, I'd say out of any of the teams that we've done so far, I think this team has won the most Stanley Cups. Is that right? Yeah, uh, other than yeah. the Wings, the Wings have won more Stanley Cups. They have, but... but I'll say that the despite you know the Wings having guys like Gordy Howe, Steve Eiserman, uh, they're the Red Wings maybe haven't had have had a much more team team guys. You know, like I'd say Pavel Datsuk, even though he's phenomenal. He was never the best player in the league, but he was such a team guy and was willing to do anything. Same with Zetterberg; like, never the best guy in the league, but definitely up there. And you know, you put the right guys together, they they win the cup.
1: Yeah, never had those. I mean, outside of maybe Iserman and you know Howe and Lindstrom, you never had guys right. that yeah, were just Listerman. yeah.
0: Whereas the I think the Boston Bruins have maybe had some more like this guy's the best player in the league and there's, or the best player at his position hands down. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they, you know, of course we'll, uh, we'll get to guys that maybe are, would be considered in the top five, top, definitely top 10 all time greatest players. And so, uh, yeah, there's a couple of them for sure. Yeah. When when you're talk yeah, and, and when you're talking the original 6 it's much easier to go. Uh the uh, we basically did the total opposite for our second team and we're going to we're going to tackle the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot of players who have played for the Vegas Golden Knights. Some have even played more than 100 games for
1: the Vegas. Surprisingly. Golden Knights. Yeah. I, I figured there would probably be a couple people on the list that maybe have only played like a dozen games. Yeah, I but, guess that's possible. You know, hey, you'll have to wait and see if you have Malcolm Subban
0: on there so <laughs> So, Oscar okay, Dance. With, uh, with that said, we'll just jump right into it, and uh, we're going to start with the Boston Bruins. We'll spend the majority of our time on the Bruins since it's a little bit, <laughs> uh, little bit easier to do so. So,
1: let's start with your just missed. Yeah, a couple goaltenders for me, actually. Uh, Tuka Rask, one wow. of them that just missed, and Tiny Thompson. Tiny Thompson. Yeah, a guy who basically still leads the Bruins and wins. Um, one of the better goaltenders uh, that this franchise has seen, but um he did it 's funny I, he he still leads the the team in shutouts as well, well but Tugarask actually just passed him did he really yeah years I missed two, that two sixty five so yeah okay. Tuka Rask is the all time leader well in, hockey so. reference update your facts buddy um yeah, and he still leads the franchise in shutouts by a wide margin uh surprisingly enough, but uh yeah, more than double Tuka Rask. Yeah, More than double the next guy. Just about. I mean, oh no, two grass 45, 75. Yeah, guys. just about. I mean, pretty close, anyways. But uh, yeah, Tiny Thompson one point nine nine goals against average for his career, which is phenomenal. Uh, but he did play in an era where there wasn't you know a ton of crap load of goal scoring back in the, I think thirties and forties. So yeah, but yeah, late late twenties yeah. into uh, up
0: to nineteen forty. So uh, I I'm not sure that he. He did win one Stanley Cup. He did. They yeah. defeated the Rangers two to nothing in a best of three <laughs> in 1929. <laughs> yeah. So there's his, his lone Stanley Cup. It's it's so hard to tell it, like because you see, oh, yeah, he, the, he played six games in the playoffs. We assume, well, that means that he lost in the first round, but really that means... That, you know, they probably were
1: in the finals. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so they're in the finals several times. Yeah. And for me, it's a little bit harder to put a, a goaltender in this era up on the list just because, one, there's not a lot of competition. And and two, you're pretty much, you know, starting every game. I mean, it's rare that these guys had a night off anyway. So Well, and if you, you know, if, if we're talking
0: like a, a guy who's winning the Vesna. Right, multiple many times because there's only you know, like, five Jacques other Plain, people. There's not much you can do. Like you have to put him on a list, right? He was, he, even, even though there's only five other guys, maybe six other guys uh, in a tandem, you still but have when you're to recognize. All right, this guy was the best every year for like <laughs> for practically a decade. Right, uh, that means that he was he was pretty he phenomenal. was good. Yeah. So, uh, well, my just miss. I actually same thing. I, I said just said goalies. Okay. Because it's it's surprising to see a team that's been around for so long and they don't have any goalies with more than 300 wins. Or a, like, I mean, they're just creeping up. Tuca Rask will probably hit 300 if he's with the Bruins for two more years. My, yeah, I he'll get it. He'll he would get it. Need, I will, he'd need like 35, 35 wins this year to hit 300. Yeah. It's just surprising that there's never been You know, – they've had some decent goalies over the years, but they've kind of – goalie carousel that all through the 90s and
1: yeah they, they really have
0: i also had wayne cashman on my just miss okay so he's he's gonna miss my
1: list uh anybody else on your just miss that no. you want to recognize okay well let's go to your number 10 uh, number 10 probably my most hated player in the nhl right now but brad marchand okay yeah not a huge fan of his but you can't deny the impact you know, that he's had since he and Bergeron and that that group of guys came into the league here with Boston and the success they've had and so obviously he's he's up there in points. I think he's thirteenth or fourteenth all time for this team. Fourteenth. Um, yep. Okay. Yeah. So
0: but in terms of uh in terms of points per game he Yeah, that's a little hard. He's got more than a point per game. Or he's or he's sorry, he's just shy of he's them. close, yeah. He's close. Um, eight eight two one, one, which is which in this era is is fantastic. It is absolutely, and, and you got to consider the fact that early on in his career he was more this like
1: third line checker like a, role, yeah, yeah. And, and then now, I mean, more he just recently. had a hundred point season, yeah. So, yeah, he's 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 pretty damn good player. There's no denying
0: it. So, and, and he scores goal like you know he's he's scored almost as many goals as he has
1: assists, which is telling. Yeah, when you're playing on a line too with Pasternak and Bergeron. So. Yeah, I mean, he has 50 less goals than Bergeron. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. So. In,
0: in 400 less games. 350 less <laughs> games. <so. laughs> All right, so number 10 for you. Uh, number 10 for me is the all-time leader in penalty minutes for this team. Uh, also had 606 points in 891 games. Won a couple Stanley Cups. That
1: is Don Cherry's favorite guy, Terry O'Reilly. Terry O'Reilly, I thought about him and he, you know what? I could have probably put him on my just missed to be honest. Yeah. Well, uh, the other, the other side of it
0: too, is the fact that, I mean, he has, you know, it's not like he's scoring a ton of goals, but only 18 of them coming on the power play. So definitely a, like a solid five on five guy. He, uh, you know, we won't write too much into plus minus because the Bruins were considerably better than some teams at at different points, but a plus two hundred and twenty two over the course of your career as a forward, as a guy who's a, like a just throwing his body around for the most you know, two thousand penalty minutes and eight hundred in basically nine that nine hundred games uh to uh to have that kind of plus minus is pretty fantastic, although uh, you know, Bobby Orr had a few had a few more than that, a few, few five hundred and seventy-four. But we'll we'll get to him. Uh, yeah. So Terry O'Reilly is my number ten. I, I felt like he's on there because he was really the heart and soul. I think of that team where Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito, those kind of guys were the uh, they were the big point getters. They were the guys you were relying upon. But Terry O'Reilly was some of the the heart the heartbeat behind that team. And protected those guys at the end, during an era where we got to think back. There were a lot of teams that were trying desperately to hurt these guys, and Terry O'Reilly was the guy
1: who was protecting them. So, well, well said. Yeah, you're number nine. Number nine for me, a goaltender, uh, Tim Thomas. Oh, you're putting Tim Thomas on there. Yeah, I am. Not Tuca. I yeah. I I really thought about it. Obviously, Tim Thomas was the guy that took them to the Stanley Cup, and I think that's why he got the nod over Tuca for me. Uh, not to mention, Tim Thomas does have a couple of Veznas and a con Smythe to his name, uh, which true. Tuca does not. Nope. So, I think if the
0: Bruins had won the Cup against the Blues, Tuca would have won the Con Smythe. Yeah. I have a hard time
1: blaming Tuca Rask for not winning the Cup. I don't think that it was his fault that no, they didn't well, beat the Blues. <laughs> so I will say that while I, I do think he was a big reason why they got to the Cup Finals, he wasn't the same goaltender in the cup the Stanley Cup finals in the finals so, itself yeah i mean while he was he was fine but it just it wasn't you know he didn't excel where he he definitely could have and i think there was you know especially uh, you know people were pointing to the big time game and the the elimination game were like oh that's where he typically falls apart and guess what he he kind of didn't look so hot so, uh but Tim Thomas for me I I can still remember that save against Toronto where he's just like 10 feet out in the middle uh, out, out of the crease and he just leaps across and I god I can't remember the name from the Leafs yeah, that I he I don't it doesn't matter he's not on the Leafs anymore. <laughs> I think the only guy left from that team now is Morgan Riley. That's true. Yeah, but Tim Thomas it, during his heyday, I mean god, he was he was phenomenal and Oh yeah, I mean he was a blast to watch. Yeah, he was he was fun and and for those who don't know actually he I think it was his parents, they pawned their wedding ring when he was in his 20s to get him some goalie equipment because he wanted to go to college and I think University of Maine is where he went to college and, wow. and play some hockey and he didn't have the money to, for equipment, so they pawned his their wing and, or their ring and then... Um, and, and the, most people don't actually know either. Like his mask was one of the things that I, always interested me about him because he had such a unique mask. It was, wasn't was like Chris Osgood where he had just an older mask from another era that yeah. he was wearing, but he had his mask designed to where the cage came all the way down to his chin because it helped him breathe better.
0: Yeah, so he kinda, so, he's designed his own. Yeah. His own uh, form of it. That's cool. Yeah. I, you know, I thought about it. I thought about you know, I thought should I put Tuka Rask? He's the all-time leader in wins, and he has actually like better better regular season numbers than uh, than Tim Thomas even does. And Tim Thomas he had a phenomenal playoff that year. He he had he was really good in the playoffs. Uh, the uh, the year they went to the conference finals as well. Uh, I just I couldn't put him on there because of a. There's four goalies in the organization who have played. Who, who started more games for this team, who have won more games for this team. And like Jerry Cheevers actually has, he's won two Stanley Cups and he actually has more wins and fewer losses over that time. Granted, his, you know, his statistics in terms of goals against and all that is it's different, but different areas, hard to tell. Uh, that's why I just said, when, with my just missed, I just, all the goalies just missed. Okay. Is that, he did. And now, Who's the best goalie out of all those four? I think Tim Thomas had the best stretch. In their prime. Yes, yeah. he had the best stretch. And, and uh, if this team wasn't so loaded with talent, I thought about putting him at number 10 instead of Terry O'Reilly, but I just felt like eh, Terry O'Reilly was a, kind of a face of the Bruins at, at the time. Uh, Tim Thomas sort of fell from grace a little bit with because he Dallas Florida there and one well, and uh, he decided that he didn't want to go to the white house and that was kind of like the beginning of his demise yeah took a year off and yeah yeah, yeah. and for uh, for anybody that i mean i've always even even at the t- at the time doesn't matter doesn't matter who you like i mean usually if you like obama you don't like trump if you like right. trump you probably didn't like obama but either like you just go to the white house because it's it's just tradition kind of what you do. Like, yeah, right? it's, it's, and it's not like you're supporting whoever's there. You're no, and you don't going have to because agree with a, the
1: political agendas or whatever. Yeah, no, so. no.
0: And anybody that's oh well, they just want a picture with the players to make them look good. Well, yeah, they want a picture with the players because that's just what happens. It's, I, I just thought that that was overblown. Everything's overblown. With people not wanting to go like you just go and you have a good time. And, you get a freaking sweet dinner out of it. I yeah, mean, that's how, that's what I'm saying. And and I I didn't like it at the time when he did it. I don't like it when players do it now. Uh, I think that it's more culturally acceptable to not go now than it was with Obama. It was seen more like Tim Thomas is racist, which I don't. He wasn't, but uh, or isn't, but um, I I don't know. I think that that maybe pulls him off my list just because I don't know how much like do Bruins fans. Maybe if you're a Bruins fans you fan, you can chime in do you look at Tim Thomas and do you think about what he did to win a, win a cup or does it kind of get a little bit muddy because of the way that he left the team? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's hard to put I understand on the, that. And, and when there's so many guys whose numbers have been honored and all these things, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to throw them on there. But, uh, I think he would, for me, ultimately all that aside, he's just, there's just goalies that did more for this organization over a longer period of time even though he did have, you're absolutely right. The best stretch for any Boston goaltender. Um, okay. Well, that's a long time to spend on number nine. <laughs> My number nine is the fourth overall point scorer for the Bruins. And that is Rick Middleton, uh, 898 points in 881 games and, uh, 402 goals to boot. So also, uh, Third all-time in goals just behind Esposito and Johnny Busick. Uh, played pretty much his entire career for the Bruins. Played his first two for the Rangers. And then after that, was a uh, he was all Bruins for quite some time, from 76 to 88. And he he did have some really nice playoffs, too. I know he he didn't ever win a cup with the Bruins. He was there right after the Bruins were real good. But 100 points in 114 playoff games, pretty solid, including a year where uh, he had 33 points in 17 games in the playoffs. Yeah, not too bad. Definitely a guy who was maybe during an era where uh, that was like the early Ray Bork era. And it was kind of during a time where the Bruins maybe were down a little bit, although they were making the playoffs freaking every year for how, well, they make the playoffs every year for like, Thirty years, I think something like that. they have the record. I think for most, yeah, I think it's thirty-three years, maybe. Is it, I know them and St. Louis both have the they have two of the longest ones. Yes, St. Louis just for some reason nineties and they just they just kept They're going. Always made the play. Well, they made the playoffs from like basically the time that they were in the league and right never missed for never. early two thousands. Yeah. So um, yeah. So so he he is my number nine. Who's your number eight?
1: Number eight for me is Cam Neely.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm really curious as to who's higher up on your list because it, you've already said two players who are both, a, like, at least two spots higher on my list both times. So I'm I'm curious as to who's up on your list.
1: Yeah, and I don't. My list maybe. Uh, I, I hope don't. you have
0: Jerome McGinlaw on your list. <laughs> maybe Yager. The Yager great, played for the Bruins, he did? right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He played, for, I, he played for, like, 19. He went from being a guy who was like, only Pittsburgh, to I'm going to play Billy, for everybody. Washington,
1: Dallas. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go around. Yeah. Um, he played for Philadelphia, too, didn't he? Yeah, he did for me. Yeah. yeah. For a hot minute. There's actually a group of people that used to follow him around in the NHL. They all That's wear right. different jerseys. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Cam Neely, for me, um, yeah, 590 points, 525 games played for this guy. Yeah. Um, just a dynamic force in a you know an era maybe again where the the team wasn't having a lot of success um, in terms of playoff they did make wins and finals in '91. Yes, they did, yeah. but no Stanley Cups to show for it. Um, but again, you, you can't really deny the the impact this guy had on a team that maybe you know again didn't have a lot of big name players on the on the team. Just Ray Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't count him. <laughs> Because yeah, he, he went to and, and
0: Cam Neely, you want to talk about a guy who was a, a playoff hoss. Yes. First year in the playoffs, they lost in they they lost in four games, but he had five goals and an assist, so six points in four games. Then he goes in 23 games, he's got nine goals and eight assists, 17 points, including 51 penalty minutes. Uh, the year following that, he's got nine points in 10 games. Then in 89-90, he had... 28 points in 21 games, 12 goals the following year in 19 games, he scores 20 or he scores 16 goals. And that that's was pretty dang. That, that good. was the year that they, uh, they went to the finals, right? 91. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I, I guess maybe that's, that's a bigger reason why he's on my list. Now the lack of playoff success as a team, maybe no hardware to really show for it, I guess is maybe why he didn't go a little bit higher on my list. Um, yeah, and same with a guy like Rick Middleton, right? Maybe, you know, missed my list just mainly because, you know, yeah, they didn't really – didn't have, you know, any Stanley Cups to show for it. And, you know, to me, again, that, that was in an era where guys were scoring a ton of points. So the point totals may be a little inflated, but, um, you know, Cam Neely was still getting it done in the early 90s when goal scoring was at a premium and they weren't doing a ton. So, yeah, that's why for me he's – Yeah, a and, and Cam
0: Neely never was – he wasn't winning – yeah, he, no, he, he wasn't of the best player and... in the league. I mean, he was, he was kind of your like your prototypical power forward. Uh, he was just hurt all the time. He was, you know, when you when you look at the games played, I mean, he never played a full season, not once. And in his last, from age twenty five to thirty, you know, he he retired at age thirty. Right. The most games he played was sixty nine games in ninety one, ninety two he only played 9 games 13 in 92 93 and then he played 49 42 49 so i mean still 93 94 only played 49 games oh he had 50 goals <laughs> right. oh, so i still i mean he's just a phenomenal player it's just too right. bad that his, his i health, believe it was his knees something was with it? his knees and you know i wonder if we had the tech like the the medical advances now that you know or that we do now then if maybe Cam Neely was able to get things fixed up and was able to yeah. play and and be able to actually be healthy. Right. And you say the same thing about maybe Bobby
1: Orr as well. Like what kind of success would he have had? Yeah.
0: yeah. So. If, if he, his knees didn't fall apart. Absolutely. Something about Boston and knees. I don't know. Is that the mafia? <laughs>
1: just just they, lead piping. Maybe in. they
0: owed money. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, number eight for you. Number eight, eight me. for me is Brad Marchand. Okay. I have him up a little bit higher on this list. I think I have him higher on this list based maybe a little bit on potential. I mean, by the end of next season, let's say he gets let's say he he really pulls back and has a 70-point season, <laughs> which is still freaking good. Still still a nice season, but a 70-point well we'll go 71 to make the number a little bit easier. That'll put him at 630 points. That puts him 10th all time in scoring. <clears throat> so, if he has a 100-point season again, he well, assuming David Krejci scores no more points, he would surpass <laughs> David Krejci. Uh, but you know, in, in three years, he could he could be fourth all time in scoring. You know, if he has some really nice seasons, and, and which like, is possible when with- goal scoring is trending up. So maybe a hundred point season becomes a little bit more like, hey, yeah, well, you score hundred points, you, and you know, you're one of the ten guys who scores hundred points, kind of like it was in like the mid '90s. Right. Where you know your best players were get all getting a hundred points, the very best was getting a hundred and thirty, and I to me I think that's the sweet spot. Like it sucks when oh the the best player in the league or the the top scorer in the league has eighty five or it, what It was eighty seven for, for Jamie Ben, ben yeah. when he won the oh, yeah. Ross. Yeah, I just there's something about multiple guys hitting a hundred points, and I mean,
1: I know you're a goalie, so maybe you. No, I I love it when goal scoring is up, to be quite honest. But I also love it when freaking goalies stand on their heads. So. Well, yes. I Like, if the
0: opportunities are there and a goalie is just lights out, it's so much better. Like, it's when great. when Martin Brodeur was winning every game, you know, he was winning like 45 games a year. It was such a boring – it was so boring. And you didn't necessarily look at – you knew that Martin Brodeur was – I mean, he was a top three goalie in the league at all times Every whenever he was in the league – Mine but, is St. Louis, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yes. When he went to St. Louis, he was no good. Uh, during the prime right, of his right. career. We, we get it. Yeah. It's. Uh, it was never something where you felt like, oh, another goalie. No way could another goalie come in here and play well. Like you knew uh, it was set up for a goalie. It was a system built for a goalie. And... I think we're starting to see the tip back from these huge, massive goalies to like, hey, you need to actually be athletic too. Sure. Because yeah. these guys are going to be able to move the puck around a little easier and your equipment's getting smaller. So, Well, there you go.
1: All right, uh, number seven. Number seven for me, a uh, guy maybe not high in the point totals, but high in my heart, Eddie Shore.
0: Ah, uh, Eddie Shore, a guy that didn't make my list at all but
1: i know he won a lot of norris trophies he won a, a, a bunch a of a trophies. of yeah actually he uh <laughs> actually he didn't win any but um no yeah no he, he didn't, didn't win, any. win any no he won a bunch Can of hearts go back and
0: just del- oh hearts oh my yeah. bad
1: oh sorry he he won mvps of league. there probably was no norris no there wasn't no all uh right. yeah he won four heart trophies as a defenseman which is freaking awesome uh, he's got a couple cups to his name, and he went to the All Star game eight times. But again, in the thirties and late twenties, like All Star games are a wash. Like, I don't, I don't give yeah, a crap how many you go to. Goes to the yeah, game. exactly. That's the thing. So, yep, there's, um,
0: <laughs> there's two teams. There's only 60. Te- uh, actually, at the time there was like eight teams in the league. That's true. There was more than the original six. The original six is pretty much a, a total crock. Like There definitely were more teams than that.
1: And, yeah. uh, well, New York had two teams at one point. So. Right. <laughs> right. Bye. Um, the St. Louis Eagles, the Detroit Cougars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Seattle Metropolitans, the Ottawa Senators uh, in the yeah. 20s. Right. Forget about that team. And they were good. They were good, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways... Um, yeah, the heart, the hardware is phenomenal for a guy who played defense and uh he to me was pretty much like the first incarnation of the offensive defenseman, right? He mm-hmm. he showed that you could move your feet, you could go up and take the puck up and score some goals. I mean, granted he didn't get a ton of goals in his time. I mean, early in his career, he had five straight seasons of scoring goals in the teens, but um after it that the it kind of Yeah, but after that it, it dwindled down a little bit more, but I think, you know, again that's when in the thirties people started playing with their elbows a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, but a guy for me who just, who literally was one of like the best defensemen at the time. And yes, so yes. very true. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I won't disagree with that. I will, I will admit he should be on my list and he's not because I, I largely ignored the 1920s and the well, Boston Bruins and probably, I get it, you know, that's my bad. Um, well, my number seven is also a defenseman. Ooh. Uh, and uh, he's also a guy who has thrown around his body a little bit and a guy who I think should win the Lady Bing Trophy every year because he's chosen not to kill everyone on the ice. <laughs> and that is Adonachara, Big uh, Z. Big Z, he is probably the most unique player to ever play the defensive position in the NHL. Like, yeah. There's no one like him. I I really don't think there's there's going to be another guy like him for a long time. Like a guy who's essentially a wrestler becomes a hockey player and is fantastic at it. And is six foot nine to boot. Uh, you just don't find it. Guys are like a six foot nine person isn't being encouraged to go the route of hockey. And so just the, the things that have to go right for you to make the league and look like that guy. Uh, and the fact that he's been doing it for a long time, you know, he's, I mean, he's, He's 20th all time in Bruin scoring, and he's not a goal scorer at all. Like that's nope. not, I mean, I, I guess you could say like early on earlier in his career, he was kind of more of a uh, you stick him on the power play and he was he was scoring some some power play. He does have sixty-nine out of his hundred and forty-three goals are on the power play. Uh, so he was he was doing a little damage on the power play. And then remember they shifted him to the front of the net for a little while on the right power and trying to get him to the screen. And now that's just not the way you play anymore on the power play. Um, so he doesn't get the same amount of, you You don't need Chara to be your big power play guy. When you have guys like McAvoy and Tory Krug, right? Yeah. You know, you've, you've got guys that can move the puck and that's, that's more what it's about. Uh, but we'll play his thousandth game for the Bruins uh, this year. So, I mean, you just had Patrice Bergeron play his thousandth game. Chara, you know, barring some catastrophic injury, will play his thousandth game as a Bruin. Uh, you know, I, I, I can see David Creechie probably needs two years and he'll be at a thousand games. So you got all this, this group guys coming up, uh, who have all played a lot of games for them, but yeah, Chara sixth all time in games played for the Bruins. And, uh, in terms of defensemen, uh, I'll, I'll put him. I'll put him the third best defenseman ever don a Bruins jersey. Which third? Wow. As we get into these uh, other defensemen, <laughs> you'll <laughs> yeah.
1: you'll go. Oh yeah, yeah I understand. That makes sure. sense. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. That's why he's number six on my list. Oh, okay. so, yeah, yeah. He's he's next up. And next. Um, for a guy of his size and magnitude and wingspan, his skating ability is what impressed me most early on in his career. That he could That's actually cool. move his feet a little bit. You know, you figured he'd be a guy who again we talk about it with his power his shot that you would just stick him back on the point and say don't move just stay there wait for the puck to come to you and just rip it right well he, he could move up and down the ice a little bit and so um yeah so for me he's he's number six and mostly for the reasons you talked about i mean he does have a Norris trophy to his name he captained the Bruins to a stanley cup so all good things for this guy um who honestly early on in his career with the islanders you figured okay he's probably going to be a bottom pairing d-man to shut teams down. But yeah, I mean, you his first three seasons
0: with the Islanders. He had six goals, six goals. <laughs> and then he gets traded to the senators and the next three seasons, he has 35 starts to open up, gets the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he, he's had many, you know, many multiple seasons in the, in the teens of goals. And so that's uh he's he, goal scoring slowed down for him. He's now probably a, like he's a second pairing guy. And, uh, you know, of course, with the Bruins, you're kind of you're, now you're like a top four. He's still in the top four, but sure. I think he is now a guy who has to have somebody who can skate around him. But that's why they put him with McAvoy, and works out pretty well. It. And and you know, he's played this year. I said he'll play his thousandth game for the Bruins, but he'll also play his fifteen
1: hundredth game. That's in the league. <laughs> that's
0: impressive. That'll that'll be fifteen games into the
1: season. So big question though, at the end of all this, when he you know hangs up the skates, does he get his number to the rafters?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Oh no doubt about it. I mean, I, a, I don't doubt it either. Also but. the the fact that he, uh, oh my gosh, he he's the cap. He's not the captain. He's the captain. He's the captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, is Patrice <laughs> Bergeron the captain? No, that's, Bergeron will be the that's captain. That's so, so. That's that's what's really interesting about it too is the fact that you basically have these guys that are both captains. They really are.
1: Like, they could have just had them both had the C and it would have been fine, but. Just do that Carolina thing. You're the home captain. You're the away captain. All right. All right, hate that. Uh, my number six is
0: oh well. autocorrect has des- decided that his name is Cam Neely. <laughs> so no no Cam. I just like uh, Ray Bork was uh, Ray Boutique. Mm. Yeah, they just didn't want me to spell these guys' names. But Cam Cam Neely's my number six. Uh, I I had him up a little bit higher on my list than than you did. Uh, just based on the fact that he was so dominant even though it was for a short amount of time i mean it wasn't that wasn't that short uh, but he was maybe the most like the full package of a hockey player at that time you know you, you're talking about a time where a hey, Mario Lemieux was in the league and uh, you had a, you had all these other superstars and they did go head to head in in 91. Uh, Lemieux, obviously the better player, but Cam Neely, definitely this guy who's, he's fighting, he's hitting, he's scoring goals and uh, he could just do it all. Uh, and I, I think for whatever reason, he kind of embodies Boston a lo- like a lot. Like I, I think you think of a guy from Boston, you think of this hard nose type of player. And I think that he, based on that and the fact that he's, he, he came back and he was, you know, with the organization as uh in, in an executive role. I think that that just shows that not only was he lo- like loved as a player, he's also appreciated for as a person. And so uh, I, I have him a little bit higher up number six.
1: Okay. And on to the top five, top five drum roll, uh, five. Let's life. Why don't you go first? Number
0: five. All right. My number five is Phil Esposito. Okay. Yeah. I had him, a, I had him a little bit lower, um, uh, I, I think that there's, there's several guys that you could kind of flip around. I, I don't necessarily think talent-wise Phil Esposito was uh, not better than some, some of the guys maybe. Well, maybe particular one guy ahead of him uh, in my list, maybe a couple. Uh, but when I think of all-time Bruins, you know Phil Esposito definitely did the, the bulk of the damage in his career with the Bruins. I mean, he had 1.6 points a game which is just ridiculous, uh, over 1,000 points in 625 games, uh, 459 goals, eventually went on to play for some other teams, played 625 games, and so my my thought is all the guys ahead of them on my list have all played over 1,000 games for the Bruins. So they've just been with the Bruins for a significantly longer amount of time, and uh, I just... I think that the players ahead of him were more important for a longer period of time on the Bruins. So, uh, for that reason, I mean, if he's on any other team, I think Phil, like with these, with the stat line, Phil Esposito is probably top two, top three of every team that we've done so far, maybe outside the Red Wings, right? But uh, just had him, had him at number five.
1: Yeah, he comes in at number four for me, and the reason he's a little bit higher than this guy at number five is, is mainly because, one, yeah, the point totals were there. Um, but the hardware, I think, he got five Hart trophies or Art Ross trophies during Ross, his time. Yeah. Uh, he did get a, a Hart trophy. I just think that up. so much of that was probably due to Bobby Orr. Maybe. Playing, and Bobby Orr in his prime. Right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it might have a little bit to do with it, but maybe you could also make the argument, too, that, oh, you know, did Bobby Orr have some success because of a guy like Phyllis Pichetto, sure. yeah, sure. too? But anyways, number five for me is Patrice Bergeron, probably one of the best two-way guys to ever play the game, um, at least in my generation. So, um, again, you know, you could easily... You really letting the dude. Yeah, right. he was, yeah, he was <laughs> freaking good, too. Uh, yeah, Mark Stone, for me, is going to be that next guy who's going to uh. start... Yeah, he and Ryan O'Reilly literally are going to battle it out now every year for best Selkie okay. player. But, um, yeah, four Selkies to his name. Patrice Bergeron, one of the best face-off guys. The only knock on him I have right now, uh, and again, another reason why he didn't go ahead of Phil Esposito for me, was the injury uh, plague seasons he's been having. He just he can't seem to stay healthy, um, <clears throat> and... You know, while early on in his career, Patrice Bergeron was a, you know, he came into the league a second and third year, a couple 70 point seasons. You think, okay, great, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's he's yeah. going to be a point per game player. Not necessarily happened that way, but, um, and it's funny, this year at age 33, is he now? Um, has the best statistical season of his career 34. 34. Okay, yeah. Best statistical st- success of his career with 79 points and um but that's also maybe because things have trended up. sure absolutely and that definitely could be and I kind of am leaning towards the fact that I I think David Pasternak actually drives that line more than anybody else but that's just me um not in the playoffs well maybe not but (laughs) but anyways so you can't argue with the success this guy's had uh as a Boston Bruin and he's he's had phenomenal years he's you know been the top center for this team for so many years and you know, help lead them to a Stanley cup. So for me, number five, Patrice Bergeron. Right.
0: Yeah. I would say my, my one knock on the Phil Esposito and, and his, some of the trophy, the art Ross mm-hmm. is that you're really talking about probably the, the leanest years in the league outside of world war two.
1: Yeah. Or, but uh, I in mean, in terms of,
0: in terms of talent level spread out. Okay. Yes. There was lean as in, uh, there's, because the WHA had started, and that took away a lot of a lot sure. of guys, Bobby
1: Hall and, and the House. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, there's there was quite a few guys who who ditched for the WHA, and uh, also the style of play had really gotten to this. Like, you don't have to skate much; you just like there was a, there was a lot of uh, a lot of clutch and grind, and it was pro- to me. If you were to actually go and I think watch. All watch games from all the different eras. I think you probably, I mean, not that you're not going to be entertained, right? But in terms of pure hockey, it probably was, uh, it was definitely much different than what we saw maybe before and after uh, that era. And with the lack of talent that was in the league, I mean, you had, you had, you went from six to 12 teams, and really the, the talent level just. It wasn't there for some of those those other teams. Like some of those teams were so stacked, like Washington. And yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's it just to me. There's whereas Patrice Bergeron, who is uh, he's a little higher on my list actually. Uh, I think you're looking at an era where there is just so much talent everywhere. So yeah, of course he's he's won his one Stanley Cup. He's been to two finals, but I don't think we can measure like. Are we going to look back and go well, Connor McDavid? If he never wins a cup, never won a cup, so he's definitely not—he's definitely not a good player. No, like he's still probably going to be said as like even if he just toiled in Edmonton and put up these massive seasons every year. Well, yeah, Connor McDavid was the best player in the league and never did, never was able to do anything because management was
1: horrible. Like we wouldn't blame him. Oh when no, absolutely not. not. I think now more than ever, it's become more of a team sport yeah. than it ever was. You know, before you could have two or three just really good guys and you could go and win everything now you need you know you need supporting characters right Right. yeah so my number was he so he was your number five yeah bergeron was five esposito was four for me okay uh johnny busick is four for me okay he he came in at number
0: three for me okay yeah so we just kind of have those guys and then patrice bergeron is three i figured yeah yeah so uh johnny busick has the most goals he has the most uh second most assists and uh the second most points uh, and he's the second most games. Uh, he was uh, and, and is a minus seven over the course of his career. <laughs> but he, he was with the Bruins before Bobby Orr was drafted when, when things were pretty rough, I think, in Boston. For yeah, many. pretty rough, yeah. And, uh, and so he kind of was the guy. He's there before, and he helps usher in this new era of Boston Bruins. And then he was – I mean, he played for the Bruins, I think, for uh, 21 seasons. Yeah, it was quite a from bit. 1957 to 1978, 21 years he's with the team. Uh, just, I mean, pretty much embodied who embodied Boston Bruins. I Me, mean, he was uh, he won his two Stanley Cups, but he uh, and he always performed in the playoffs. I Me, mean, he had multiple times one, two, three, four, four times where he averaged more than a point per game in the playoffs, and we're talking. Eleven points in ten games. Nine and fourteen. Twenty and fifteen. Eighteen and sixteen. Like he was, he was a playoff performer. He showed up, and uh, to me, I had Bergeron ahead of him because I think again the talent level of the National Hockey League is higher now, and I just I think that Bergeron is going to be recognized as like a a face of the Bruins for a long time and I think that Johnny Busick maybe in the shadow of Phil Esposito, Bobby Orr, there were other guys there around at that time whereas with the Bruins you know there, of course there's guys you're going to remember from that 2011 Stanley Cup championship team that, that helped them win, but Patrice Bergeron has been the face for so long uh, along with Sedono Chara, so I have him a little bit higher on my list.
1: All right, fair enough. I think we're probably going to be in consensus about one and two. I I can't imagine why we wouldn't to be quite honest. So number 2 Bobby Orton. You could <laughs> you could actually say that. I mean, you you could make a, you
0: an could. argument for it, sure. Yeah, but I The I argument it. would be exactly would be what I just said about. Yeah, he uh <laughs> he ate well, a he didn't last as long. True. And he also was playing in an era where some teams just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like some teams were just terrible. Like multiple teams were just not good. And the Bruins were way better than everyone else. So, of course, he dominated. But I'll give him the nod based on the fact that he, he basically reinvented the position. He did. And I think ushered the way in for Ray Bork to be Ray Bork. Who yeah. was, uh, you know, just, and uh, you know what? So freaking good. I yeah, and, you know if if Ray Bork had won the Stanley Cup with the Bruins, like take that Colorado Avalanche moment where Joe Sakic hands him the Stanley Cup, if instead Ray Bork had won the Stanley Cup at the end and had handed it off to Joe Thornton winning the cup as a rookie. You know, something like that. Right. Yeah. I think maybe Bork is is remembered more. He went to the finals once or twice. They go did they go in the 80s at all? No. I don't think I don't think so. I, I don't remember if the they were one of the Oilers' punching bags or not. <laughs> I can't remember, but I don't think so. Oh, they they did go to the finals in 91 and of course they they got pushed around by a, a, little bit. a good Boston. Oh, you know what? Oh, they went to did they go to the finals in 1990 as well? Did they play the Edmonton Oilers in the finals?
1: I don't think so, but I'm not a hockey historian, so that's a very good question. Yeah, it was. It was the Boston Bruins. Was it? Yes. All so right. they
0: were. They were a uh, punching a, bag. A punching bag. They they won yeah. in five games. So.
1: Bummer. There you go. Yeah. Well, hey. So uh, two
0: finals in a row, and they just couldn't. They couldn't. They actually just kind of cruised through the Eastern Conference, and it was with the West, and they just couldn't.
1: Yeah, and then teams like New Jersey. Oh no!
0: How could they? How could they have played Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Finals in 19... Did they play in... Boston?
1: Yeah. No, they didn't play Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, so it was 1990 that they went to the final. Yeah. Yeah, because Pittsburgh (laughs) played the North Stars... Right. ...in 91. And then the North Stars went bankrupt, pretty much. Ran out of money. So, they actually... It's funny, North Stars, they had a bid to move to San Jose before the Sharks were a team. And then, uh, I can't remember the name of the brothers that... um, pretty much were given an expansion bid. And so North Stars had to hang around for a couple more years before they moved to Dallas. They just ran out of money, which is just weird to me because it's yeah. the state of hockey. Like you figure their attendance would have been up regardless and I, recent success going to the Stanley Cup finals. But
0: guys didn't know how to run teams. And that's very and true.
1: That time, you know, it was just such a, such a different sport. But
0: uh, yeah, so Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, number one, number
1: two. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think everybody's list is pretty much like that.
0: Although, although Ray Bork had... A much longer, like a much longer career much, with the much. Bruins. I mean, we're talking, he played one of the longest careers in NHL history. He played nine, oh, basically 900 more games with the Bruins. I'm switching my answer. No, you're not. Yes. No, you're Ray not. Ray Bork. No, you're not. Ray Bork had, is the better Boston Just Bruin. stop. We're moving on. We're moving on. Isn't he? I can't. He played 900 more games. So what? He has 700 more po- Uh, 600, basically 600 more
1: points. Yeah, points Bobby. per game. Look at that. Bobby Orr is over a point per game. Ray Bork, nope. Ray Bork played some in it. Ray Bork, yeah, but towards the end of your career, yeah, I know, I know.
0: of course your point total is going to be down. <laughs> and Bobby Orr just said, well, I got to go. My knees hurt. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that was <laughs> That's all.
1: exactly it.
0: Oh, my knees are hurting. Uh, Alan Eagleson stole my money. <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's, okay. let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Vegas.
1: Um yeah I I don't have a just missed. I do actually, but because I just I couldn't I didn't I thought the the two names on my just missed, I thought were just too funny not to to put on there. So I got two guys that are basically going to eventually make the top 10 for Vegas but just haven't played long enough and that's Pacherretti and Mark Stone. Uh, Mark Stone I think's only got 18 games to his name. <laughs> yes. That's that's fair. Yeah, I, but, I didn't have either one of them on my list yeah no uh yeah mark stone to me is one of the best two-way guys in the league and he'll eventually take over that team and that'll be his and he's in 18 so. games he is the 28th highest scorer in the in the organization Boom.
0: actually mark andre fleury is the 31st highest <laughs> scorer in the organization <laughs> with three points in 107 games fan-freaking-tastic so. well his uh his assist per game is a point zero two eight per game well that's actually why the flower made my list, so... Actually, ironically, Vadim Shipashev is, uh, is 34th all-time in scoring for the Vegas Golden Knights with one goal in three games. <laughs> yeah. That is just too funny. So, all right. Well, yeah. uh, yes, the player with the most, the most games played to least amount of points is William Carrier, 91 games with 12
1: points. So that's...
0: Uh, impressive there you go uh
1: okay well your number 10 number 10 for me is a guy who played one season and went back to the stanley cup champs david perron um came in i mean you know he was pretty much taking an expansion draft and i figured okay this is actually a pretty pretty decent pickup i thought for vegas um i think what st louis ponied him up as part of you know don't take these guys uh, to protect their d um but sixty-six points in seventy games—you can't knock that kind of production. No, I mean, that's granted, great. you know, he only put up sixteen goals, but he was still very productive as a second-line winger for this team when they, you know, essentially came out of nowhere, surprised a bunch of people, and then made the Stanley Cup Finals. So, two two trips in a row, and you know, finally got it in in St. Louis. But um, yeah, to me, he's he's number ten on this list just because of the production. All
0: right. Yeah. He uh, he's one ahead. He's at number nine, and okay. Cody Eakin is number ten. Uh, Cody Eakin's sixth all-time leading scorer with 68 points in 158 games. And uh, really just a great third-line center for this team.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No other list would you ever have a third-line center. I
0: don't know. I don't know where to go. Uh, (laughs) So my number nine is is David Perron. Yes, and in one season, in 70 games, he has more points than like all these guys who have played basically double the amount of game or he's, he's, you know, he's, he's just behind all these guys who have played double the amount of games. So yeah, same amount of points as Nate Schmidt. Nice. 66. Uh, who's your number nine? Cody. Eakin. Okay. All right. Cody. Eakin. <laughs> uh, my number eight is Alex Tuck. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Alex Tuck, fourth, all time leading score, 35 goals in 152 games. He got 89 points. And, uh, and he's he's gone,
1: right? He no, to... he signed an extension. Oh, he's he hanging it. around yeah, yeah, for a long time
0: with this team. Who am I thinking that got dealt that got from this team? Dealt. Yeah, um, dealt. Eric Howler. Yeah, Holla. Yeah, yeah.
1: Holla yeah. and Tuck both came from Minnesota and I sometimes mix them up. Yeah, which is funny. Minnesota offered up both those guys. Here, take Hollis and we'll give you Tuck. And basically Tuck to me is gonna end up being one of the better players for the next, you know, five, six years this team will have, which is just hilarious. Yep. So Given the the depth that this team has now at the forward position, I mean, you think about that that Wild Bill line they've got, and then they've got Stasny, Patch, and Mark Stone. Uh, who knows if those yep. three will hang around forever? But hello to the Hurricanes. Those a nice pickup for yeah the Hurricanes. Yeah. It was absolutely um, number eight. Number eight for me, uh Colin Miller. Okay, didn't make yeah. my list. But. Yeah, he he's a guy that you can see that. I mean, the point totals aren't there, but. Um, you can see the different. I mean he is basically fifth. got a point every other game. Yeah. But I mean you can see the, the difference this guy. team this team is when he's in the lineup, right? Without him they're just they you know, they don't have any superstar defensemen, uh, at least not yet. Shea Theodore might end up being that guy well, but Nate Schmidt I mean when Nate Schmidt was out those first twenty games, remember he got suspended for the yeah.
0: the PDOs or whatever and uh they were they they had a brutal stretch. I think that was the worst stretch of the team's history. It was, yeah. Absolutely it was those was. first 20 games. And then he came back, and
1: they ended up, of course, roaring back. They finished third in the division and, uh, yeah. and, and made I, the playoffs. I wanted to put him on my list. I, I guess maybe you could throw him as on my just miss. But I think a lot of these guys on my list are just because what I think they'll end up being more than anything else because there's no stats to back up anything in terms of longevity with anybody. But, yeah, Colin Miller, to me, he's just – He's a rock steady guy on this blue line for this team. So, number eight. Uh, My number seven is James Neal. Like
0: the way James Neal came into this organization, and uh, for all intents and purposes, was like he was the captain in that locker room in some ways, especially early on. Remember, I, I just remember he had like some crazy overtime goal. I can't, or maybe it was a goal really late, something where where it was just this highlight reel of an overtime period. And it was James Neal. And I think it was the first win. I think he scored. Yeah. He had the, I think he had the first game winning goal for the Vegas golden Knights. I believe it. In, in, in a game. And I just, I think that he, people were of course excited about him coming in. Like it was like, all right, we got this guy who's a first line winger from the Nashville predators because they couldn't hang on to everybody. And I really think that he was, he was just that personality that drove that team. I I don't think I think without James Neal, I don't think that team has the kind of success that we saw that first year. Uh, and I'm ignoring what he did this last year in Calgary. He should have stayed in Vegas. Should have just taken the the five million per A little season. bit less to yeah. stay there. And uh, granted, he he did go to a team that had more regular season success last year,
1: but. He might end up having more statistical success if he gets paired with Connor McDavid now. Like, might re, that, recapture yeah, now, his game. Yeah, now he's. Uh, it maybe will work out for him in the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just one right off season. so... Right, right. Okay. My number seven, uh, Shay Theodore. Okay. And he's, I think, my, he's my number six. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's mostly because of what I think this kid's going to be and end up being his production. While it's not as good as maybe a Colin Miller, uh, this kid is. It's, it's basically on. It's on par with Colin Miller. Four, yeah, it's four seven fair. one, four seven, six yeah. in terms of points per game. Yeah, it's but he's he's gonna be a phenomenal defenseman and he is this franchise leader in terms of face off win percentage at hundred percent. One for one.
0: Sweet mother, where did you find that stat? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um yeah, he's he's my he's my number six. Uh yeah, for all okay. the reasons that you just said. He's Great. he's probably their most uh, interesting defenseman that they have playing on their team right now in terms of potential to be very good, but That's he is—I mean, he's not—he's not that young, right? He's twenty; he'll be twenty-five during the next season. So he's—he's he's definitely he's, coming into a, a place where he probably is what he is.
1: Well, if I think for defensemen, this is where they're going to start play? finding their game. for, yeah, for yeah. a lot of guys. If he,
0: if he gets a, li- he may get a little bit better. We'll see. I mean, may, hey, maybe he has this absolute breakout year this year, which would
1: be- yeah. And he and when he was with Anaheim too, he never really had that opportunity True. because there's so many good yeah, guys in front of him. So, uh, who's your number wh- six? Your number six? I'm on number six. Uh, for me, Paul Stastny. Okay. Yeah. Paul Stastny didn't make my list. Okay. That That's fair. I mean, granted, he has only played one season, 50 he has only games. 50 games. Yes. But 42 points in those 50 games, and I think he is going to end up being the de facto number one center next year, that line, um, just because I think between him and Stone, their production will, you know, kind of be a little bit better than, you know, maybe guys a little higher on my list who have been with the franchise a little longer, but we'll see. I mean, either way, it's still a, it's a great problem to have when you have like, oh, Guess what, Carlson, Riley Smith, they're our second line. Well, yeah. they'd be freaking good second Ooh. line. So yeah.
0: can't Prob- hate that. Actually, probably more like a Stanley Cup winning second line is those two guys as opposed to uh, right. them being in the first. Uh, yeah, he missed my list just because he, you know, he hasn't played that many games for them in comparison to some other guys In uh, and, and 13 goals in 50 games. Eh. Uh, but he could so many people that I could be on this list uh, because this list is there's so many people but there's also not very many people so it's hard to choose guys uh, my number five is Nate Schmidt okay I just, the him missing those 20 games and coming back it just showed me how impactful he is to that roster so that's fair there's my number five Nate Schmidt this list could be completely different by the way at the end of next year it very well could like Mark Stone will be on an our list at the end of next year he just didn't play even a full season, like even a half a season so According to our rules, you have to have at least played a full season, and I think that a full season is playing more than half the games in a year. Right. So With this team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, My number five, excuse me, uh, Alex Tuck okay I sure. think more it's for what I think this kid's gonna end up being he's a fantastic power forward he's a guy that's gonna have a lot of good production
0: and, yeah and a really good skater for us yeah. yeah yeah
1: he'll be he'll be a guy that gets a lot of points by hanging out in front of the net on the power play and got good hands and I think um you know he's he just got his first 20 goal season and I 52 points last year so yes. it's only going up for me with this kid
0: cool uh number four for me is Riley Smith same Riley Smith is the third highest scorer in the franchise's history and you know I, I think at this point a guy like riley smith is a a crucial part to this team's success
1: so. yeah i think he's in terms of that line i think he's the best two-way guy on that line between Marsha show and and uh yeah. carlson and i think he, he does a lot of the dirty work yep. and yep. doesn't get a lot of the credit. it's weird
0: doing a list where you're basically just listing off the players that are currently on a team right <laughs> <laughs> essentially
1: yeah and uh, you're number three, number three, Jonathan Marshall. Show
0: okay, Marsha so your you three, yeah. so Carlson's your two. He is. I have the two flipped. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I I think that Marsha so, I think I think that there's just maybe something more more to like the leadership side of it, and there's some intangibles there, uh, and I'm also still not totally sure what you're going to get from Carlson long term. That's fair. Are we getting the twenty like? Is so he had what 41, 40, 41 goals, I think the the one here? Yeah, forty one and twenty-six, right? Uh forty-three and twenty-four. Forty three and Close. twenty four. Close. So okay, so are we are we like, is William Carlson gonna be more likely to trend towards forty or like what happens if is twenty-six his, his basement or is twenty-six more like his average? That's that's what I'm wondering. So then is he more like a 21, 22 goal scorer? <laughs> Or is he more like a thirty-five goal scorer? And I think we'll find that out this season. I think this season will be a really good barometer because you know the hope, I guess, is that yeah, guys like Stastny aren't are are healthy, and uh, you've got Pacharetti who's healthy, and uh, you got Mark Stone for a full year. So you're really going to find out where William Carlson slots on this team and find out what you know what he's able to do. And guys
1: yeah. are watching him now.
0: You know that that was maybe the big reason that he scored as many as he did was because he
1: kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, really had a scouting report on him. I mean, to be quite honest with uh, with Carlson, his five on five play dipped a little bit, and that's where kind of kind of hurt his production because essentially his his goals and assists for power play stuff was he only dropped a a point in each category, so it wasn't like you know power play was hurting him and and, and in that terms and sense. But uh, his time on ice went up a little bit too, and I think that's because um, you know the injury to Stasny maybe forced their hand a little bit, and they. Um, but yeah i think if he plays a little bit of more of a i don't want to say sheltered role but you know he doesn't have to see those top d men like maybe stasny and Stonewell, um you know maybe we could see a, a carlson that can put up you know 25 30 goals and maybe hit 60 points cuz i think that's that's the sweet spot and i think that's where vegas expects him to be and that's where i think he's he's probably going to end up falling in at least for the next few few seasons so we'll yeah. see how that turns out and and i'll
0: i will uh point this out that Jonathan Marcheseau is the leading goal scorer in the playoffs. Riley Smith, leading point scorer.
1: Nice. Bless you. So uh, I'm sure we probably have the same number one.
0: Same number one. It is Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, all right. And it was like, all right, I'm making this list. Okay, number one, Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, and then no, who no else? question. Yeah. yeah, no question. I mean, really, he's, he is the reason that they've had as much success as they have. And... And that's really that. I mean,
1: yeah, he, he took this team on his back that first season and put took him to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think nine twenty seven save percentage, four shutouts in the, in that playoffs. It was phenomenal. And and after a year or two, where you know back to back, you had you know Murray come in and basically, do I want to say he you know in seventeen took took over for yeah, him. But yeah. you know they just kind of were like, oh, Murray's healthy again. Well, Mark, you've done great because he had nine twenty four save percentage. Yeah. But yeah, he, he was, was not, just like, eh, let's just put this guy back in. Yeah. So. You know, I think maybe a little chip on his shoulder, too. So uh, he came in and proved that he's still a a capable number one starter to lead a team to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. Yeah. Now that we're like honeymoon phase, I think, is over. Right. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens People take Vegas seriously. Yep. So
0: good. All right. That is our uh, our top ten Boston Bruins and Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, We will continue our series into next week, and uh, we look forward to the rest of the regular or the start of training camp. Uh, You can hit us up on Twitter at OT hockey talk. Let us know what you thought of our list. If we missed anybody or if we wildly over or underrated somebody, we'd love to hear it. We will talk to you
1: soon.